1: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast. I am your host, as always, Rob Gooden, and I am joined once again by Garth. How are you, my friend? Good, good, yeah. Another busy week. God, I missed you two, last week. Two podcasts in one week. <sighs> I know. Two podcasts in a week. We've done a three. But yes, needless to say, I'm re- talking by myself for 40 minutes, I really do not miss that. Really <laughs> do not miss that.
0: It was a shame as well, because I had loads of notes. I know. As, I was gonna do a, a full Jim Neidhart
1: uh, sort of bit. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah. we should we should probably start this podcast with just a little bit of a um a look back and you know a retrospective, so to speak, on Jim Neidhart because obviously he did pass away last week. Um, we've just had SummerSlam where Natalia unbelievably bravely came out at SummerSlam and she got a fantastic reception. He was a very well thought of wrestler. Um, just wearing his jacket. Wearing his jacket, which was amazing. You have got Carmella, who you know we slam her so much for a you know a poor wrestling style. But do you know what? She came out in Jim Nighthawk gear, like inspired gear. Absolute fair play to her. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just it's such a shame because he he wasn't that old when you look at it. Early sixties. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's just healthy. You can just tell it's. It's caught up with them. It catches up with them all by the by the look of it.
1: Yeah, um, and when you look at wrestling in, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, when Jim Nardhart was at his peak, you know, it was a very, very different environment backstage and, you know, on the road than it is now. You know, there was a lot less health screenings for a start. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of wrestlers have had their demons, uh, whether it's drugs or gambling or whether it's drink. And... uh it's sad to see such a charismatic because we've we've reviewed shows where we've we've said Jim Nighthart's just fantastic. Yeah, I love him. Promo. <laughs> you know, and exactly just his crazy ass promo where he's holding his beard, and you know the fact that he is such, you know, almost the complete flip side of um, of Bret Hart, who's cool, collected, you know, the excellence of execution, and then you've got crazy ass Jim Nighthart. <laughs> I just I <laughs> loved that juxtaposition between the two of them. Totally. It's it's such a shame. It really is. Um another another great wrestling legend gone. Yeah. Um Sad. It's... it is, but he's you know, he's given us a lot of fantastic moments. Oh you know, yeah. He's part of one of the mo- the most fantastic tag teams in WWF history, WWE history.
0: He's um the have the I think the network have set up a sort of Jim Hart uh, Jim Hart sort of best of, yeah series, which is good.
1: That'll be that'll be quite interesting to watch actually. I might stick yeah. that on later. Um, but yes, obviously thoughts go out to Natalia, um, T.J. Wilson, anyone else affected, and obviously everyone in the Hart family. There was a horrible image that went round on Twitter of um, it's quite a famous shot of um, the Hart Foundation, including the Bulldog and yeah. Brian Pillman and everyone's in black and white apart from Bret Hart, and it is, always yeah. oh, harrowing. It's horrible. You just,
0: like, you just think, it's so sad for all those people, and you just think, Bret Hart's been through so much shit. He has. And then he loses Jim Neidhart, who was basically a, one of his brothers. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, and don't forget, Bret's had a stroke.
0: Well, that's what I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, he's had the stroke, he's had that problem that he had with his
1: hand. You know, we had to retire from wrestling early because of a... Errant thrust kick from Goldberg. (laughs) So you know, people moan about him for being a bit miserable. To be honest, mate, if I was Bret Hart, I think I'd be a little bit miserable. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, we should remember Jim Neidhart as that crazy ass motherfucker from WWF. You know (laughs) how I'm. I'm sure he would probably want to be remembered anyway. Oh yeah. Um. But yes, with that, you know, with that being said, let's delve straight in to our reviews of Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling. We're going to start with Ring of Honor episode 361 from Center Stage in Atlanta. Um, Aired on August 18th. um, And do you know what? I thoroughly enjoyed this. In fact, it didn't air August 18th. What am I talking about? It aired 21st (laughs) of August. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I spoke last week about how I thought Ring of Honor was lacking somewhat. I felt like it was quite a flat, not necessarily boring show. Um because the main event with Bully Ray was, was good fun. But I just thought it lacked a bit of star quality. Mm-hmm. Um but this I think this episode more than made up for it.
0: I thought it was really good and I think the I think the arena and the fans really helped this one. The arena looked brilliant.
1: Yeah, it really did. And it looked full as well, which I think is really important for Ring of Honor. Um, we will be doing a very, very brief podcast where we go through you know, results from the Honor Reunited shows from Britain. We're not going through every single show and we're not going through every single match because it would simply take too long. Um, we'll just sort of collate the results, go through some of the more interesting results. Um, Chris, who was um, on the NXT podcast on monday and obviously does the new japan stuff as well for the site he was actually at the honor reunited show in edinburgh so it might be interesting to get him on as well Mm -hmm. um because needless to say um images went around on twitter of the lack of people who went to these shows but the people that did go said that there was absolutely outstanding wrestling taking place Mm -hmm. so it is a shame it is a shame but he did rate you know, Chris raised a fantastic point that do you remember a lot of advertising for it? None. None at all. No. Very, very None. little. So it's it's upsetting, but never mind. Never mind. We opened up this episode with a match between Scorpio Sky and recently crowned number one contender to the TV championship, Chris Saban coming out with Alex Shelley. Um this is exactly what last week missed. If that makes sense, it was a good high tempo, high octane match. Both men, fantastic in the ring, had really good chemistry.
0: Yeah. I mean, every time I see Scorpio Sky, I'm impressed. Um, because obviously, before I started watching Ring of One, I hadn't really seen much of his stuff. I was yeah. well aware of like Chris Saban from the TNA stuff, but like that's Scorpio Sky. Every time I see him in like a proper match, he, he just impresses. He's, yeah, he's really good.
1: Yeah, he is. Um, he often, you know, you run the risk of being overshadowed when you're in a stable with, you know, the addiction where you've got two quite big personalities in Chris uh, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. Um, but like you say, you know, I'm in full agreement. The more you see Scorpio Sky, the more I'm, you know, I'm really, really, really impressed with him. Um, there was a lovely spot where um, Chris Saban took Scorpio Sky from the top rope with a super Hurricane Rana and then it was immediately reciprocated by Scorpio Sky yeah. on Chris Saban. it was a lovely it was a lovely moment um the only issue i had with this match was how out of nowhere the ending fe you know the ending felt
0: yeah
1: as uh, um, like,
0: as if they had been told like sort of time's up
1: yeah and i don't think the advert placement necessarily helped um but there was a brilliant moment when Scorpio Sky hit a slingshot cutter, which was amazing, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which Chris Saban kicked out of. Um, and then seemingly out of nowhere, he managed to get Scorpio Sky out for the cradle shock for the win. <laughs> um, which, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad finish. Definitely the right man won. You want to build Chris Saban up before um, his match with Punishment Martinez for the Ring of Our Television Championship.
0: Chris Saban seemed to have sort of a bit of a cocky attitude in this. But you match. know what? I like that about him. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's like you can tell he's sort of working on a character that's different to his tag team yeah. sort of persona.
1: Yeah. Um unfortunately this then leads to quite a quite a somber moment. Um Alex Shelley, who's accompanied Chris Sabin to the ring, gets on the microphone and announces that he will be retiring from wrestling. Mm. Um he said he came to the realisation. After the third time of having his teeth knocked out, you know, he makes a fantastic point of how wrestling, you don't get medical insurance, you don't get this, you don't get that, so you can't actually retire. And yeah. it's something you don't really think of because every single time he gets his teeth knocked out and the amount of work that he's had to have done on his mouth after the injury, he has had to pay for that effectively out of his own pocket. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a lot, a lot of money. Um so he says basically bigs up Chris uh, Chris Saban. He really struggles to keep it together during this promo. <laughs> really struggles. And it's quite an emotional moment. Chris Saban is really, really struggling. They're obviously very, very close. You get tag teams who work together aren't necessarily friends. You can tell these two meant a lot to each other. Yeah. Um he's told it was she- quite sad. It was, it was horrible. Um Shelley just tells Saban, if you want to do anything for me, just validate our careers by showing everyone that the Motor City Machine Guns were, for a brief time, the best tag team going. Which, you know, they probably were. were. They were, yeah. Um, And he said, you know, go on your own singles journey. You've done amazing things. Started listing off his um, his accolades, including the best of the super juniors he was recently at, and just said, get some gold. And, you know, start with the television title. Let's get some gold. They embrace. (laughs) raise their hands. It was a lovely moment. Then... Lanky Roman Reigns entered the ring, Punishment Martinez. <laughs> um rather cumbersome, I thought, rather ungainly. Dropped the chair, didn't he? Yes. Um <laughs> dropped the chair completely, which was an interesting moment. Um laid both men out and then slammed both their heads into the chair, which was I thought was quite good considering the story that we'd just gone through. Yeah. Um and then who should come to the ring to stop Punishment Martinez inflicting more pain? but Scorpio Sky, Sky, who comes back from the back with a chair and heads off Punishment Martinez. So, shame that we see Alex Shelley retiring from professional wrestling. Um, It's a shame that we're not going to see any more Motor City machine guns because they are, or were, I suppose now, a fantastic team. But Chris Sabin has proved, you know, in the last two matches that I've seen him in, and I know Chris has raved about him in the best of the super juniors, um, that, you know, he will be more than fire on own. Oh yeah, definitely. Um I presume that the match between um himself and punishment martinez will take place at Death Before Dishonour. Do we think he's taking that title? Uh,
0: it's hard to say. Um I think
1: I think he might. It would be very very strange booking if he didn't. Cuz I, th- I don't think
0: to be, like punish Martinez is one of those characters that doesn't really
1: need a belt. No. And more than that I think if you're working Alex Shelley's retirement into this as well, which they have been doing, and they certainly have done here. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, you've got to follow through with it.
0: Yeah. It would be a good payoff. Yeah. If he wins it there and there's a big celebration.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Um, We then cut to Kenny King backstage, who'll be taking on Marty Scurll in the main event. He says that he wants to take a page out of Marty Scurll's book and basically make the villain bend the knee, Um, which is wonderful foreshadowing for the match. Later. Yeah. Um, we then had a women of honour division match between Karen Q, who always seems to be on the show. Always seems to be. They obviously hold her in very, very high uh, high esteem, um, taking on Jenny Rose. <clears throat> now, as the both the women were coming in, as they did last week for the number one contendership, Fatal Four Way, um, they had a picture-in-picture promo. Karen Q's was fairly decent. You know, fairly standard, but fairly yeah. decent. Um, Jenny Rose came across very much like she was reading off a script.
0: Yeah, or that she'd forgot what she was going to say.
1: Yeah, it was very lacking in emotion. Very lacking. And I know it's easier to do emotion if you're a heel, but she just, I don't know, it was just very... what It was very monotone. I think that's probably the best way of describing it. Um,
0: so, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: not the best thing yeah. to start with.
0: <laughs> but I had... Um... Kelly Klein
1: on... Um... commentary. Commentary, sorry.
0: Yes. They... Commentary. It's tripping on me words.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kelly yeah,
0: Klein, Klein joined. Because obviously the the build and the big sort of um, angle between her and um, Jenny Rose. Yeah. Um, I liked how they sort of mentioned the chipped tooth.
1: Yeah, in a match between Jenny Rose and Kelly Klein. Kelly Klein who, for some strange reason, always wears a mouth guard, but in this match, took it out <laughs> and ended up chipping a tooth due to, um, I think a, I think it was an elbow strike. It like, yeah, it was an elbow, yeah. So, um, she was on commentary providing very, very little on mm. commentary, apart from the odd quip about mouth injuries and dentists and things like that. <laughs> um, it was an alright match. Um yeah. My feelings at the start of this match was, I've I've seen Karen Q a lot um, over the last couple of weeks especially since we started reviewing Ring of Honor and she's always lost. Always.
0: Mm-hmm. And she I mentioned it in a
1: promo didn't she? She did, yeah. She said she needs to start winning and I thought the exact same. I yeah. thought she has to win here because there's nothing on the line she just needs to build momentum. Yeah. I think uh,
0: I, I quite like Jenny Rose, like technically she's really good.
1: Yeah, she she is decent. She hit
0: a good spear. Yeah, she's better than you would think. Yeah. Sort of with the with the, the sort of quick moves. There was a bit where she was sort of rolling in and out of pins and countering moves and things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um she she, the, she surprised me. Um I've not seen a lot of Jenny Rose. I know she was in the tag match um with the women of Shimmer. Um, or stardom, I think it was stardom mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, she she did well here. But I thought Karen Q dominated a large portion of this match. Um, she hit that urinagi, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, but basically, the main beat of this match was that Kelly Klein eventually left the announce table, um, gone to the apron, threw a mouth guard at Rose, which went absolutely nowhere near her. <laughs> um, and then that sort of little bit of an interchange let Karen Q slip in behind, full N- Nelson Slam for the victory. Um, Klein then got in the ring, and with the best bit of work I've ever seen, just gets at a dentist's bill and lays it on top of uh, Jenny Rose. You know, in a very, very poor man's attempt at um, the Million Dollar Man stuffing... Yeah. Money into the mouth. Here's a dentist bill.
0: I really like Kelly Klein. I think she's a really good sort of heel
1: character. Yeah, she is. I just I've, I thought that she offered very little on commentary. She didn't really need to be there. I think yeah, it could have just sh- been her like running runaway. in. But I suppose if there's a run in later on, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, perhaps they didn't want two in a row, which is fair yeah. enough. Um, we then get a preview. Now I am really excited for this match. Um, we are having in three weeks' time the Ring of Honor World Champion Jay Lethal taking on Jonathan Grisham in a 30 minute Ironman match for yeah. the title now, they really built it well on this video they did and it all builds on that storyline, Jonathan Grisham continues to put on fantastic matches but cannot get it done <laughs> um, and they showed um, I think it was wasn't that, um, Honor Reign Supreme their match where Jay Lethal came out with a victory and they really built just how good that match was. And Jay Lethal yeah. does a fantastic job of building just how good an opponent and how he underestimated Jonathan Grisham, which is, you know, really, really good. Jonathan Grisham at the moment feels like a really big deal in Ring mm-hmm. of Honor. Yeah, You know, he says he's got one thing to prove, and that, the, that is that he's the best pure wrestler in the world. Um, But I'm looking forward to it. I can't see him winning it. If I'm perfectly honest, especially as JLithor's on, we just got the championship. Yeah. But it will be a fantastic match, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, it'd be good. like I say it's I haven't really seen that much of him, but this has definitely sort of built the match up enough for us to be really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I think it's very much a Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn, <laughs> underdog storyline with him. Yeah, that's exactly the feeling I was getting from it, yeah. So either we're going to have a big, big payoff when he eventually does win a high-profile match, or we're going to see a heel turn. I think he's going to be one of the two. Yeah. Uh, We then cut backstage where Alex Shelley, who clearly hasn't had enough of a rough evening, um, (laughs) is attacked again by an unknown assailant. He's found on the floor, lying on top of a chair. Um, Chris Saban finds him, yells for help. Four men who do absolutely nothing, just sort of look at him, come to the scene... (laughs) and Saban yells for help. It was, you know, it was. we assume it was supposed to be punishment, Martinez. Yeah. Um, building building more of a sort of heat between them. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, we then get a first round match from the top prospect tournament match um, between FR Josie and Eli Isom. Um, again, picture-in-picture promos for both men. Do not care <laughs> at all for FR Josie. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to
0: think. I was just like, "What's this?"
1: He's either this come from
0: the back backyard wrestling.
1: Well, he's either the best actor in the world to act like he's just he can't act, <laughs> or he just can't act. Um, because his promo was appalling. It was it was so wooden, awful. And then you contrast it with Eli Isom's when he came out, and he was full of energy. You know. He was full of gusto. You know, he's the only man, you know, he's the man to pin Christopher Daniels. So, you know, he was full of it. And then I don't know, I just FR Josie's was very, very flat. Yeah. Um <laughs> to be honest, I was amazed we were gonna get four matches on a Ring of Honor oh, episode, if I'm well, Perth, well, perfectly
0: honest. Well that's it. That started I thought, oh. I thought what well, it's like it wasn't sort of advertised or anything.
1: No. I was like, but- wow. And then F. R. Josie came out. So I was like, oh for fuck's sake. <laughs>
0: But but I mean it showed um, a couple of good bits from uh, Ison did a really nice um like catching backbreaker thing and a belly to belly yeah he's it's definitely they definitely got high hopes for him
1: definitely yeah definitely you don't ping Christopher Daniels on a whim um you know they've clearly they clearly have a lot of stock in Eli Iceham we've reviewed a Ring of Honor show not so long ago when they had um a shot at the Kingdom. Yeah. And we said that he, you know, considering he has been wrestling a year, he is a <laughs> phenomenal talent, and he yeah. will continue to be a phenomenal talent. I'm sure that we'll hear his name in the big leagues, you know, relatively soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that wasn't the main story beat of this match. Shortly after the start of the match, uh, Jeff Cobb, who I'm not going to lie, I popped massively for. Just unbelievable. Um. <laughs> he hits the ring to a massive pop, a really big pop, um, suplexes both men, and then picks both of them up and hits one-handed pump-handled suplexes on both of them at the same time. (laughs) It was like, holy shit. Well,
0: when he came down, I was like, because I don't... I think I've seen him a couple of times, but I don't know really anything about him. Yeah. And he hit the ring. I was like, "Who is that? Who is that big motherfucker?" <laughs> uh, he just looked like like just really mean. Yeah, he did. He looked like he, look, he looked like the Hulk. Um, yeah, especially Tusk. Like, I see, just absolutely destroyed them, and that was obviously the reason why it was to sort of introduce him. But uh, it, yeah highly impressive
1: yeah very much so (laughs) very much a statement being made by uh jeff cobb where this goes obviously hopefully we'll find out next week but yeah the more jeff cobb i get in my ring of honor the happier i'm gonna be (laughs) and we then get a little little bit of a backstage segment with the kingdom who are defending their ring of honor world six-man tag team titles in next week's main event um against cody and the young bucks um it's a by-the-numbers promo, really. Yeah. Um, just saying congratulations for finally getting on the same page. TKO Ryan says, you know, it doesn't matter what page you want, we're going to burn it. We're going to rip it out of the manual and burn it anyway, yeah. which it's thought was quite when he, nice.
0: Um, when he starts in your playing kissy face. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? They're a cohesive unit, a really good unit. I enjoy watching yeah. the kingdom. Um, I think Matt Taven's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think that it's going to be a fantastic match between the two. You know, any Young Bucks match is fantastic. And like we say, we enjoy watching the Kingdom. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to next week massively. Definitely. Um, we then go to the main event. Um, Kenny King taking on the villain, Marty Scurll, who is still sporting the homage to the Hurricane Pants. Um, <laughs> do you know what? Really, really, really good match. skirl because yeah, of his shtick, often gets overlooked for his chain wrestling and his catch wrestling ability. But there was some beautiful sequences in oh, this match. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, there was a lot of back and forth. Um, I feel like the storyline for this match, Garth, I don't know if you felt the same, um, was that Skull will resort to anything to win. And because he'll resort to anything to win and he will go that extra yard for the victory... He had an answer for everything that Kenny King, yeah, gave to him, and and
0: I think, like, with the result, and the way King wins it, I think it's sort of it's one of those ones where it's pushed King beyond what he would normally do, yeah, yeah, and absolutely, because at the end, I'm, I was watching it thinking, is there a double turn here, because Skrillex was being che- like cheered like the hero. And Kenny King was being booed.
1: Yeah. It was, it had been a very, very subtle one. And I think it was certainly an unwilling one. I don't think that yeah. was what they were going for. I think it was just that's the what, crowd love Skirl.
0: That's what I mean. I think, I mean, he was, all the way through, he was playing to the crowd and they were cheering and they were playing along.
1: Um, Especially
0: when he did the, the, the finger where he stamped on the fingers and he hushed them all. Deadly silent.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's that's charisma. That's that's what you want. That's what you want to see.
1: Exactly. We saw Marty Skull go up top and hit a superplex. Yep. Very, very rarely see Marty Skull go up top. Um, uh, there
0: was one bit that I loved, and it wasn't even really a sort of big move. It was where um, Skull had King outside, and he went to throw him into the, the ring apron,
1: and he just sort of did a sort of slide and span back out. It was almost like... Andrade Cian Almas, where he stops himself in the ropes for the Tranquillo, but sort of just carried on with his momentum. It it was really good. I know the spot you were on about.
0: I just like things like that. Like you say, the catch wrestling, where they had each other in the arm locks. Yeah. Uh, And then Kenny King did that sort of dance and spin to get out of it. So (laughs) smooth.
1: (laughs) It was was a really, really smooth match. Um, Kenny King also has one of the nicest spine busters I've seen. Yeah, that was really good. It was the, amazing. Height. The height. <laughs> I was just going to say, Skirl went flying. Um, and I,
0: I always love the spot. And I know it, it was a spot that Bret Hart used to use quite a lot where Kenny King went for the sort of sunset flip pin. Yes. And Skirl just sat on him.
1: Yeah, I like that I as well. That. I love that Yeah, I love that spot. Um, there was a nice bit of homage. We've talked, you know, we reviewed when uh, Austin Aries was commentating on the main event and you know he was very very down on Kenny King you know his former mm-hmm. friend um but we had a little bit of a homage to Austin Aries here when um I Kenny noticed. King lost in the uh, locked in the last chancery i thought it was really nice how both colt and ian both said if that was austin aries he'd have tapped out but because you know kenny king isn't used to that move properly yeah. that's why skull was able to get to the ropes
0: but then Skull did like a he did the sort of discus elbow. Yes. And the brain buster?
1: Yeah, Skull broke out the brain buster, yes. Yeah. Um <laughs> which again looked savage. King kicked out. Um I thought my favourite spot of this was when King had Skull in the fireman carry raid to hit him with the Royal Flush. And yeah. Skull countered it into a tornado DDT. Yeah. Oh really it, good, yeah. it looked think, so nice. Like, this match? Really sort
0: of sh- sort of highlighted how good Marty Skull is as a wrestler.
1: You don't exactly. Often see it It gets overshadowed a lot because of either his shtick, his gimmick, or because he's he's quite reliant on comedy a lot of the time. Yeah. Um which does sometimes take away from the fact that he can wrestle. He's really it was really,
0: really good in this match. This was a really excellent match.
1: It was a really good match. I've really enjoyed <laughs> it. Um and I even enjoyed the not necessarily the screwy finish, but I enjoy the storytelling in the finish. Yeah, um, so skill goes, like Go on, he had to do what he did, yeah, exactly. But he took a page out mm-hmm. of Marty Skill's book, and it's what Marty Skirl would have done. So Marty Skill goes for the uh, the umbrella to sort of clock Kenny King with the referee takes it off him. The ref is arguing with skill Kenny King comes up from the back, rolls him up, but. Plants his feet on the top rope for extra leverage. Meaning that it's a dirty pin. Uh, gives Kenny King a victory. The crowd are livid. <laughs> which I think is quite funny. Because obviously they are very, very much behind Marty's girl.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's the end of Ring of Honor. So it does mean that Kenny King has learnt from Marty's girl. Which is what we needed. Overall... Really good show, yeah. Really good show. Another
0: good hour of wrestling.
1: Yeah, exactly. I thought it was far superior to last week's episode of Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know whether there was just a lot more wrestling, or whether it was that there was a lot more quality wrestling. Um, It was just, it was really good, and the matches were quick, high octane, and just it was a good showcase for Ring of Honor. And I think that next week is going to be another excellent episode with them announcing that Christopher Daniels is taking on Jay Briscoe. We've got Flip Gordon taking on Silas Young, and then we've got the main event with Cody and the Young Bucks taking on the Kingdom. It's going to be a very, very good episode next week. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. So we move to Impact. Impact started with a um, tribute to Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Just a very, very simple black screen with Jim the Amble Neidhart, 1955 to 2018. Very subtle, very nice. You know, it didn't need to be anything else. Um, I'd actually forgotten that Jim Neidhart wrestled in TNA. I'll be honest. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, (sighs) It was when they were drafting in as many ex-WWE people as they could.
1: Yeah, not learning from WCW's mistakes.
0: Sort of, when there was sort of... It was after they'd started up, but when they were more... They were trying to push for more TV and stuff and I mean he came in I don't think he was there that long but he wasn't in great shape Um, I can't remember how many matches he had I don't think he had too many matches but yeah yeah, it was yeah it, they had to do it I think at the time yeah
1: and um, it was nice that the company even though Jim Nadhart's probably not ridiculously well known for his time and impact it's nice that they had something for him. Yeah, it's just paying respect to sort of a exactly. legend. <laughs> exactly. So the Impact showing from the 16th of August opened up with the match between Sammy Callahan and Phoenix in the latest chapter in the Sammy Callahan versus Pentagon feud. Bloody hell! This is a way to open Impact, isn't it? <laughs> Such a good match. <laughs> this was absolutely amazing. As. Any match, including Phoenix, is going to be because the man is a freak of nature and the stuff that he can do is just baffling. Yeah. Um, just so quick. We'll talk about the match in a minute and the little bits <laughs> of just the spots because it's. It really is a spot fest. Do you think the right man won? Um, I don't know because
0: the only thing I, the only thing i think that it's doing to serve it is to send sammy uh, callahan even further over the edge
1: yeah that he can't get the job done so he's going to punish uh, one of the other chris brothers <laughs> <laughs> yeah poor jake he's going to get absolutely destroyed isn't he um... but i think i think obviously with what happens in the match
0: it's sort of it's again more friction between the Pentagon and Sammy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think Phoenix needed to win this. Um, but I don't think it really sort of matters in in the
1: story. No. Um, I feel like we are nearing the end of this feud with the announcement that we're having a Mexican Death Match next yeah. week, which I am incredibly looking forward to.
0: I, I, what I loved is uh, Sammy Callahan just going
1: at the crowd Oh, Sammy Callahan straight away when he came down we'll talk about the match a bit um, <laughs> he came down to the crowd and whilst Phoenix is coming down the ramp he is taking the piss out of a fan takes his hat off and throws it further into the crowd which looks quite funny um, this is where the
0: guy was shouting you suck you suck and then Sammy Callahan's, oh I do do I I suck do I he <laughs> throws his hat away
1: <laughs> it just it makes me laugh I love the Christs I think Sammy Callahan's doing the best work of his career and yeah. um, doing really well. You've got Phoenix in this match who does, you know, the Phoenix stuff. He's he's got the Tope over the top rope onto OVE. You've got the chop, um sort of exchange where Sammy are yeah. both on the outside, Sammy Callahan spits on his hand, lets the spit sort of drip, oh, God, drop from his hand in back into his mouth which got a chant of that was gross, which is possibly got... the best wrestling chant ever. And he um, gobs at the ref as well does. Yep, it? spits at the ref later on which is which is gross. Um, The fighting sort of goes in and out of the ring. We end up on the ramp at one point where um, Sammy's going for um, a pile driver, um, but Phoenix escapes and hits a cutter on the stage. Yeah. Um, before he then hits a step-up cutter on the inside of the ring, which looks... and cutter running... <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Sammy Callahan had rolled into the ring at this point, to which Phoenix ran down the ramp, springboarded over the ropes into this twisting cutter. It was incredible. It really was. It was such an amazing feat.
0: All the time I was watching these moves, I was thinking at the same time, like massive props to Callahan for being in the right place all the time as well.
1: What because... I found in this match was Phoenix is a high flyer. A mm-hmm. daredevil. Someone who does ridiculous moves. Sammy Callahan cannot do that. No. But he can make sure that Phoenix looks fucking good when he does do yeah. it.
0: I mean, Sammy Callahan got some good stuff and he needed that sort of inverted sort of Nelson slam
1: thing. Yeah, that new move. Twist and Nelson slam. I think yeah. that's what Callis called it. Look pretty good. It did, and he got a lot of kicks in a lot of um what's it? He got the he did the power bomb for a two <laughs> and then instantly transitioned into a like a half crab. Yeah. Then locked in an good. STF. A proper STF, John Cena. Look hey. at that and look at how it's locked in. Um he then he then transitions into a cross face as well. He really mm-hmm. does work the neck and back Just of Phoenix. And
0: um and he started like sort of being really petulant when the ref was sort of
1: telling him to get off
0: her. Yeah, when he was does. on the
1: rope. Um, we then had Sammy Callahan going up top. Um, Phoenix sort of stunned him on the top rope, went up the ramp, <laughs> ran down the ramp and hit a super rana back into the ring on Sammy Callahan, which is just, it's insane. And talking about it doesn't do it justice.
0: I know, it's like, and you think, these are just regular TV matches. Exactly. It's the type of stuff that you would see in, like, on pay-per-view.
1: It's it's fantastic and Phoenix is just an unbelievable wrestler. He really I, is.
0: I honestly, like I can't get enough of watching Phoenix. Like whenever his matches are on Impact, I'm genuinely excited.
1: Yeah. He's he really does pop the crowd massively. Um Phoenix goes up top then, but OVE grab him. Um Pentagon comes down wearing nice new sexy red gear um sort of staves them off um and then phoenix manages to hit a muscle buster on sammy Callahan for the win um it was a really really good match they gave this a lot of time they gave this nearly yeah. 20 minutes which it deserved um it was a really really good match like i said it could be used i suppose to further sammy Callahan's descent into madness it's just i find it very strange that Callahan is yet to win a match in this feud. Or uh, since slammiversary, I should say. I was
0: thinking Callahan's got to win that
1: Mexican death match. He's not gonna win that Mexican death match. Do you think? No. Pentagon is gonna win that by a mile. I think it's going to be brutal. I think it's probably going to be a fantastic match. Oh yeah, it's gonna be But I can't see Callahan winning that. I cannot see it. I just think where does he go after that? That's my that's my issue with this match. That's my only issue with this match, because this match was ace. You know, fantastic way to kick off the show. Yeah. But where does Sami Callahan go from me? And I suppose you can make a storyline out of that, which I'm sure they are doing. Um, but it'll be interesting to see anyway. Um, we then just get a little bit of a video package uh, for LAX versus the OGs, because obviously the main event is an actual street fight. An actual street fight. Between the OGs and LAX, um, we also, get a little bit of a um, recap to last week as well. Say again. There was, um, there was like a little sort of bit with Don Callis and
0: Josh, where they're shown the new T-shirt. Oh yes. And uh, <laughs> this is Don Callis. Says, "Have we got what is that? have we got? That in double, uh, double XL medium. Cause double extra jacked.
1: medium because I'm jacked." But then, what makes me <laughs> laugh is they're still announcing what's coming up later on, and. Don Callis holds up the shirt to show the crowd, and Josh Matthews has to like pop his head over the top of the shirt,
0: and he just still keeps sort of put like waving it at the camera.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I must admit though, it is an ugly shirt. It's, it's, it's not a, a nice shirt. Yeah. Um, that's by the by though. Um, like we say regularly, Don Callis is a treasure. Um, we then have we then cut to Phoenix backstage who um has been told that he is getting a title shot at the X Division title, which is currently held by Brian Cage, who comes to Phoenix backstage, lifts up the title and leaves without saying a word. Um, <laughs> Opinion on the thought of this match, Garth?
0: I think it could be really good. I think two massively different styles. Um, I can't see Phoenix winning it, but... Because the seem to have a massive... Like, a load of stock in Brian Cage. Um, but Brian Cage has um, been in Lucha Underground. He was in that for quite a while, so he's obviously used to f- sort of having matches against the type like, Phoenix.
1: Yeah. So it should be good. It should be very good. Again, another and, match I'm extremely excited about. What's it- that, um, what's it called? The... Redefined. Redefined, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought this would have been a Bound for Glory match. Mm-hmm. I thought this could have been but I suppose you need to have Brian Cage defend his will you know his title at some point. Yeah. And what we could have is we could have him defending against Phoenix at redefined, you know, have a couple more defenses and then possibly Phoenix gets another shot at it, come Bound for Glory, potentially. Yeah. Um God, I wish the Bound for Glory series was still a thing. Um <laughs> we then get our Global Wrestling Network moment of the week, which was Just fucking chaos. It was literally just brawls (laughs) between the British Invasion, World Elite, and Main Event Mafia. It was just utter chaos. It was almost the whole roster. It was basically just all around the impact zone. Just everyone. It was just unbelievable. Then the X Division got involved. It was (laughs) chaos. Um There's no point in reviewing it, it was just it was just no. a case of everyone in, everyone have chairs and whatever else, it was chaos.
0: But I was watching it, because it started off as just a regular match, and I was watching it, and then as I was watching I was like, shit, I remember what happened now, and uh, when it kicked off, I was just sat there laughing to myself, just, just this is brilliant, because <laughs> this is the sort of batshit crazy stuff that they started doing in TNA, just to sort of, because the, the the roster was so like stacked. Yeah. The had like they had obviously they had the main event mafia was just all the legends. Yeah, it was.
1: I think so, the idea of the main event mafia was really good. And I think if was. the WWE did something like that it could be really, really good. Um but obviously TNA their booking yeah, has was, been yeah,
0: suspect. It was they had too many ego. they had too many bloody Kevin Nash and um big pop of pump who shouldn't have been how matches ahead of like Kurt Angle
1: no no definitely no, but
0: not. it's it's worth checking out,
1: yeah, I haven't seen it <laughs> um, we then cut to a backstage promo um with Alicia interviewing your favorite person in the world, Ali, who Whoa. is joined by Kira Hogan. This is what I felt to be the exact same promo. That Ali is given every time she's talking about sue it's Young. Just, again
0: it's so it just seems so disingenuous,
1: yes, it does. I felt this one was far better. Don't get me wrong, I felt she delivered this one with at least a little bit of fire um but the it boils down to she doesn't want to get distracted by Tessa Blanchard uh she's not gonna get distracted by the impacts the impact knockouts championship um she's just doing this for. Madison Rain, for Rosemary, and for, I quote, her own soul. Oh, um fuck. and in the only just... thing that is worse than Ali's acting in this, Kira Hogan says, I've got your back. I've which was just back. so wooden.
0: It's like it's like they're saying something that they don't actually believe.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. It was a segment that I suppose did its job, it built for the match later on tonight. Um but yeah, we've said before. I don't mind, Ali. Um you seem I to have an not, issue with the promo skills. Just
0: <laughs> everything about it just seems very very forced. Yeah. Like it's not a natural
1: character. No. No, I know what you mean. Um we then start the second match of Impact with Jimmy Jacobs making his way down to <laughs> the ring, the Zombie Princess. I find him hilarious. Um, I thought it was
0: excellent.
1: I did really enjoyed it. He <laughs> says that he might be a princess, but he's not soft. He's a monster. Um so as Johnny Impact is coming down, he sits on the turn the top turnbuckle, which just makes me laugh.
0: I was just I was watching, I was thinking he's so fucking weird, but it's quite captivating. It is, it is. And he reminds us of Jeff Hardy for some reason. Oh weird. <laughs> I must admit, just... he doesn't mean at all. Just that I don't know that. When when especially when Jeff Hardy was doing the whole um the TNA run where he was it was all like artistic and it was when he first started doing the thing where he painted his eyes. Yeah. And it was all like a sort of trip. Yeah. Um it just reminded us of that Matt Hardy
1: for something They're flighty and yeah, weird. <laughs> <laughs> um so <Anyway. laughs> it's alright. He comes he gets Johnny impact down to the ring for their match. Um, but, you know, swerve. Congo Kong comes in, beats him up uh, before the before the bell, um, then tosses him into the ring. Jimmy Jacob goes to the cover, kicks out. They have a bit of a slap. Johnny Impact sort of fires up. Um, however, Congo Kong comes in, Samoan driver, DQ, match thrown out. Um, Johnny Impact technically wins... Um, but there's a bit more shenanigans after the bell. Uh, Kong and Jacobs then get the stairs, hearkening back to when they lawn darted him into the stairs many, many months ago. Um, Impact does fight back. He hits a DDT on Kong, who falls off the ramp. Um, Jacobs attempts to hit him with a chair, but Impact no-sells. Okay. (laughs) It just completely no-sells it. (laughs) there's a wonderful bit there where we get the most parkour chase round the ring ever as Jimmy Jacobs attempts to escape any way he can but is constantly cut off by Impact (laughs) doing his ridiculous parkour moves and he then lays Jacobs out with the steps and stands tall at the end Yeah, bizarre, bizarre segment Um, but you know it did what it was supposed to do, it forwarded this storyline makes Johnny Impact look amazing as he is, you know his parkour was unbelievable. Yeah. Um. Didn't do much for Congo Kong. Not gonna lie. If you're building him as this monster, and it's taken one DDT to keep him out for yeah. what felt like about 20 minutes. <laughs> um. It's not. It's not exactly doing a lot. Especially, but...
0: especially when Johnny Impact sort of brushing off a chair shot to the back.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then a stair shot or a step yeah. shot is uh, rendering Jimmy Jacobs unconscious. But that's by the by, because we need. Garth, to get onto this next bit, because this what? is money. <laughs> I am, of course, talking, ladies and gentlemen, about Scarlet Bordeaux's smoke show. Um, the honestly, I'm a little bit offended by this.
0: I was just embarrassed, honestly. Like, it was like, it, it, honestly, it was just like watching the sleaziest part of the Attitude Era.
1: Yeah, it's it's everything that was stereotyped about women before women's wrestling took off, and I feel like it's just regressing. There was no point to this smoke show at all. No. The show didn't it took place backstage. There was no, there was no staging or anything. It was literally on a sofa. It was um, it was ridiculous. Basically, Kayam and Fallabar. Fallabar is the one redeeming point in this segment. Um. They're both on a date with uh, Scarlet Bordeaux. bar has got some champagne. They fight over it. They run backstage. Find Scarlet Bordeaux in smoke on a settee. I don't know if that's how she always, you know, is always <laughs> sitting if smoke just follows her. Um, KM sits by her, gives her champagne, says, I got this for you. I've got this champagne. <laughs> I've got this champagne, which is quite, yeah, quite funny. Um <laughs> Scarlett Bordeaux says that's not for tens like her. Basically, I feel like this was supposed to be some kind of um, couple's therapy for the two of them after their loss to the Desi hit squad. Yeah. Um, Scarlet basically manipulates KM into believing that he should think about doing things Fala Bar's way. He runs off to go and get changed into Falabar's ring gear or something. <laughs> and then Scarlet says something to Fala Bar. He looks over to her, goes, bah, and she slaps him, calls him disgusting. End of segment. Um, What the fuck, Garth? Um, I, hope, I hope this gets sacked off in the next week or two. Just stick her back in the fucking ring. If Does she can wrestle, looks... let her wrestle. I do not give one iota of a shit, of a lone shit, about this, <laughs> this... utter bollocks. And do you it's know terrible. what? This entire segment is the reason that we get an explicit rating on iTunes. This was fucking <laughs> wank. I'm getting my money out of this now. Honestly, it was the most cringy, the most nonsensical, the most pointless thing that I've ever seen. And if you, was, you as an audience are enjoying it, which I can't imagine anyone is enjoying I can't this. If they've, if they've
0: shown this to anybody and anybody said yes, that's amazing. Put it in.
1: Because it's not even like Scarlet Bordeaux can act. No, it's nothing. It's it's
0: it's easily the worst part of the whole impact.
1: Yeah, it was I'm sort of sure. It really brought this show down for me because everything else yeah. was good, but this really, really, really annoyed me. Really annoyed me. Especially when
0: you've got the next segment. Yeah, the next segment it shows you how to do it.
1: Yeah, Um, the next segment that we are in fact talking about is an Austin Aries promo, which you know is never anything short of fantastic. Um, He says that people have been asking him why Killer Cross has, you know, basically helped him, Um, and Killer Cross comes out says that you know, he is forcing change on impact. Um and everyone and I quote, will pay the toll. And there's a lovely bit where Ares says, if you cross him, you will get crossed out. <laughs> um basically he's using Killercross as his insurance policy, which I think everyone had guessed anyway. Um cross did okay here, you know, got his words out really well, came across quite genuine. Um ignored the one twat of a fan, one fan oh God. not even an entire arena, one fan chatting what? All the way through this All the way segment. through this promo. On his own. Shut Someone should the someone fuck should just up. Smacked him in the mouth. Honestly, one fan. And he must have been right next to one of the microphones, because it was all you could fucking hear. Yeah. And honestly, if you've got Austin Aries talking, shut the fuck up and listen. Mm. Aries no, has a great language, he says, it's a great day, it'd be great. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Not that you would know that, he said to the crowd. Um, anyway, so Eddie Edwards arrives, kendo stick in hand, um, sort of gets the beating of Cross and Aries to Cross, start yeah. off with, um, until he eventually gets choked out by <laughs> the, uh, what did he call, what's it called, the, Cross, I can't remember what they called it. It's a chokehold anyway. Yeah. Um we cut backstage, he's hitting himself in the head with his kendo stick. Um Alicia, his wife, comes back, checks it's okay, but says that they aren't okay. Um she walks off and he throws a massive fit, asks why people think he's crazy. Um <laughs> I love deranged Eddie Edwards. It makes me laugh.
0: Yeah, it's good. <laughs>
1: um we then get a match between Joe Hendry versus Eli Drake. And when the best thing about this match is Joe Hendry's so, entrance. I've got that written down, it's so funny. It was, it was really, really funny. You know, constantly making references to the fact that he's already beaten Eli Drake once. Um, <laughs> it was, this was not good. Nah. This wasn't a good match. Um, Basically, what happens is Eli Drake... Is sort of being bested by Joe Hendry, um, but Grado gets up onto the apron to attempt to help. He ends up, you know, being a distraction. Hendry runs into him, and um, Eladre gets the win. It was just, it was vet, and then they spent a bit of time arguing. We're obviously getting to a point where Grado versus Joe Hendry is going to happen, and yeah. I feel like the sooner we get there. The sooner, I'll be happier with this. Yeah,
0: I said before, like I, I feel like really sorry for Eli Drake because when the the odd times I dipped in and out of impact when he was champion, he always seemed to put on good matches. I know he's not the most sort of charismatic character, but he seems to just be basically he's he's, he's a story enhancement person at the minute.
1: Yeah. And when you've also don't forget you've also got uh, Caleb Conley and um, Trevor Lee as part of this mm-hmm. as well. It's just, I don't know. It's very, very strange, very convoluted. I'm not, I'm not feeling it at all, and that's a shame no. because Grado is fantastic, Joe Hendry's is fantastic, and as you've already said, Eli Drake and um, Trevor Lee are fantastic. It's just it's it's a shame. We then get a meditation segment, which we don't get enough of in wrestling. (laughs) Um, With Matt Seidel meditating, um, his third eye in a really, really creepy thing uh, opens up on his forehead uh, while he's thinking about his losses. Which I assume means that he knows what he's going to do next. We don't know what he's going to do next. We'll see. (laughs) Um, We then cut to Sammy Callahan, who tells us in no uncertain terms that he is in a bad mood. Is Sammy Callahan ever in anything else but a bad mood? No, nah,
0: I don't think
1: so. <laughs> no, nah, it's just his default setting.
0: Yeah, I think it is. I think it's just...
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much just how he is. Um, and then they sort of make official that Sammy Callahan is going to be taking on Pentagon in a Mexican deathmatch next week, which is going to be tasty. Um, we then get... A non-title match. Very important that this is noted. A non-title match between the Knockout Champion Sue Young and Ali. I have a question. Why was Sue Young out first?
0: Um, So Ali could get the big pop.
1: Uh, Okay, if if you (laughs) say so. I don't know. Um, It was. It was an okay match. the match was really a vehicle for what happened afterwards. Yeah. Um, Ali again was dominant in this match.
0: I can't know what it is. I just every time she does those really crap sort of running forearm things. Yeah. And they look so piss poor, but then she does that where she sort of sort of like cheers the crowd sort of thing. It's every time. Yeah. I just don't I just not feeling it. Just I just don't feel
1: yeah, it's. I feel the
0: intensity's just again. It just feels so
1: fake. I don't feel like there was. Ali's now got the best of Su Young twice in two weeks or in yeah. three weeks. It seems very very weird how they're booking Su Young now. Mm-mm. Um, I mean, I'm looking at my notes, and you've got the Cannonball. From Sue Young on the apron on the outside, and then she attempts to get the mandible claw out, but Ali blocks it, mm-hmm. and then it's just you know, Ali, it's a neck breaker and a on. She hits the flatliner, you know, it's just all of these things. She hits a code breaker, um, and again, it's uh, and I've said it in the past, it's it's really quite sloppy as well. It was I just I feel like if you're Soo Young and you've been built as you have for so long as this dominant force you know, you've beaten Rosemary, you've beaten Madison Rain, you've beaten Ali, you know you took the championship off Ali I don't feel like you should be losing effectively, because she didn't lose, because Tessa Blanchard intervened which we all <laughs> knew she would, for the DQ um, smashes Ali in the back <laughs> smashes Ali in the back which gave Ali the technical victory via DQ anyway it was just, yeah, very strange so Tessa um, intervenes Young gets the mandible claw on Tessa. Ali lays Tessa out with a super kick, I think, and then yeah. hits Sue Young with a co breaker to end up as the one standing tall. We're going for a triple threat here, aren't we? Yeah, for the title. Um, and unfortunately, I've read the spoilers, so I know what happens. Um, I'm not wow. gonna, I'm not gonna say it, obviously. Um, <laughs> but it's not at Bound for Glory. Right. which surprises me. Um, but we do get a triple threat for the title, which I think yeah. everyone knows anyway. It's the way we're going. It's, um,
0: yeah. I mean, ever since um, Tessa started, sort of signalling she was going for Ali.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a necessary match to move that storyline along. I just feel like it was a very... The match almost, almost seemed like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Um, we've then got two final things we get the news that at Impact Redefined a sort of special um, episode Brian Cage will be taking on Phoenix that's made official and then we get the non-title street fight between the LAX and the OGs now I said to you Garth that if you watch this episode of Impact on the Global Wrestling Network app um, the show's an hour and a half It got to an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and and 19 minutes. Yeah. And we were still on the alley, and (laughs) Young match. And I was thinking, you've got a street fight. It's not going to be that long. And I think I was expecting something completely different. Yeah. Um, I definitely was. And do you know what? I wasn't totally keen on it to start off with. I've watched it again since... And it's changed my opinion of it. I do really like it. Basically, it's that scene out of West Side Story <laughs> between the two gangs. Yeah. Um, it's literally a hardcore fight. Uh, they use trash cans, fencing. Um, they've got bollards, and basically they just hit everyone. Plastic with it. forks. Yeah, plastic forks. <laughs> There's an ice pick at one point. That's so good. It's amazing. Basically, they both come together to start with. They're joined by gangs. Um, Both King and Conan agree to let just the four men, Homicide and Hernandez, um, Ortiz and Santana, sort of do their thing. And it's just its chaos. Um, There's no wrestling moves in this. And I I said to you, didn't, uh, before we came on Airgarth, that with it taking place in a car park, um there was never going to be anyone being power bombed onto concrete. So whenever a move was being teased, you know, homicide, teased, um, like a last right sort of move. It, w- it was never going to happen because if he did t- it's on bloody concrete.
0: Hernandez does get his border toss.
1: He does get his border toss, he border tosses um Santana into the crowd of waiting LAX gang members. <laughs> um LAX beat the shit, the absolute shit, out of Homicide and Hernandez in the yeah. end. um, They hit them with um a sock with a billiard ball in it and basically just lay them both out. They take the titles that they've not had since Slammiversary and hold them up, hug, you know. King comes to them, kneels down, calls Conan out for being a coward. It's just, it's just, go on, do it, you old bastard. And do you know what? <laughs> I I thought King played this fantastically. Really, really good. I thought that, and then you don't think that Conan's going to do it. He's got his ball in a sock. Um, You don't think he's going to do it, and then eventually he says, (laughs) "Oh, you bet I'm going to do it, you motherfucker!" And (laughs) as he swings it, as it makes contact with with King's head, fade to black. End of episode. With it not being an official match, it was sort of a almost a segment. I really enjoyed it. I really, I really enjoyed it. It was something completely different. Something completely yeah. different. I mean, any match the... with an ice pick. <laughs>
0: no, plastic fork. I was laughing at Plastic
1: that. fork. You know, you've got a one point. Ortiz being choked out with a piece of rope by Homicide. Homicide <laughs> um, like
0: getting hit with a... No, it was uh, Hernandez getting hit with a,
1: like a plastic sort of sign. It looked like a wet floor that... sign, yes. That was just bending. <laughs> oh! Sorry, I've just found out the name of the move that Homicide teased that looked like um, Hangman Pages. That's right. The Gringo Killer. Yeah, I've yeah. just seen it. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, a really, really, really good segment to end the show. <laughs> what did you think overall of the show, Garth?
0: I enjoyed it, apart from the odd, stupid, shitty bits like the bloody smoke show, whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, and I think the maybe the Johnny Impact bit could have been... Just a backstage thing. Yeah, um, I thought the matches were actually pretty good. The, I mean, the opener match was possibly my favourite. Yeah. Um, just a, that was a good show. It moved on the stories like that needed to be moved. Um, you've got the Phoenix and the Brian Cage little tiny face off, which is good. Yeah. Um, and obviously the Lex. Oh, G's story. You don't know if it is in the end of it or not.
1: No. I thought this was an okay episode. I thought the Phoenix-Sammy Callahan match was outstanding. thought that was really good. But this is an hour and a half show and we had four matches. Yeah. Not including the main event. We had four matches. Phoenix and Sammy Callahan went 18 minutes 27 seconds. Mm. Johnny Impact... And Jimmy Jacobs, which ended in a DQ, was one minute. <laughs> Eli Drake and Joe Hendry, which was not a good match. No, it wasn't. Four minutes. And then Ally and Sue Young, which again ended via DQ, five minutes. Bloody hell. In an hour and thirty minutes, we need more than four matches, you know, which ultimately total to about half an hour of wrestling. Yeah, I think I
0: think they need to do something about. They obviously don't have enough because that's why they're putting those classic matches in as well.
1: Yeah, there was the It was very backstage segment heavy again mm-hmm. this week. Um, I'm hoping that we get a lot out of this Pentagon versus Sami Callihan Mexican Death Match next week. I'm very very excited for that. Um, it's
0: not it's not like they don't have enough
1: wrestlers. No. Um, you know we the feuds that we had. It showcased the um, Aries and Eddie Edwards feud. Yeah, we got some more talk about Killer um, Killer Cross. I'm more than happy about that. The LAXOG stuff was really good. I just I I think it's because I'm not feeling the Eli Drake and Joe Hendry and Grado stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm that's... hoping I do. I'm hoping beyond hope I do. But it's it's grating. Let's put it that way. Overall, a good week of wrestling, Garth. I think that's safe to say. Um, but yeah thank you very much ladies and gentlemen for listening to the podcast of course if you're interested in listening to more of our stuff you can find it on iTunes and on CastBox you can also find it on the website at www.podmania.weebly.com you can follow us on Twitter on Facebook subscribe to the YouTube channel with a lot more content coming soon Um, you can talk to me on Twitter at at RealRobGoodwin where can they follow you Garth? Uh, at drummer Jackson, fantastic! Thank you so much for listening again, guys, and we will talk to you guys again soon. Yeah, see you next, guys.